Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good afternoon, everybody. You're now live on the Little Man Radio. This is the Little Man Talk Show with your boy Al. And this is Kevin. And this is Nick. I like how you still did that pause just to show a little. Yeah, he, he did that pause to show a little, you know. He, he just wanted to be right there. I feel you, Nick. I feel yeah. you. He ain't going to be late, y'all. <laughs> Not dealing with y'all. She will be here, people. What's up, Jim? Shout out to mm-hmm. you. Man, how's everybody doing yeah. this week, man? Wonderful. Man. Wonderful. We are? I mean, yeah. I'm, yeah, wonderful, then. Shoot, let's go with it. Yeah, we live. Yeah, I mean, you know, like one of my partners, uh, Richard Dobar, say, you know, hey, any day above ground is a day worth saying you're doing well. Yep. I agree, man. Mm-hmm. I agree, man. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm enjoying it, man. We, we could be somewhere... Laying beneath the ground, not enjoying life. But that's not us, yo. What? That's not us. <laughs> yeah, we just want to make sure people out here are uh, continuing to stay safe. I the numbers are still rising with the coronavirus. So wear a mask, stay safe, stay clean, stay at home, practice social distancing. Continue to practice social distancing. That's true. Uh, practice social distancing, stay home, make sure you stay off Twitter. Um, some folks just can't handle Twitter. I have been saying, like, I think anybody who signs up for Twitter needs to have a publicist automatically assigned to them, or either that or, like, some type of automatic uh, response that as soon as you hit send on a tweet, it says, do you really want to post this? Right. <laughs> what's the guy, uh, NFL player, uh, Kyle Kiero? Kiero? I don't know how to pronounce Something like, last name. He is, yeah, he, nobody he really knows him like that. The yeah. dumbest thing I've ever seen, and he's paying for it dearly. Uh, so if, if you guys are not on Twitter, uh, one, salute. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, NFL player Kyle Kiero tweeted earlier this week um, in reference to Jill Scott and said something to the effect uh, well actually he said uh, y'all really find Jill Scott attractive with 
um, a question mark and exclamation point. Now, he was dragged for everything he was worth by by Black Twitter. Um, oh yeah, they they went on they went in on him to the point that he just had to put another thing up. To, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't mean it. I didn't uh, I didn't realize I didn't grow up on her music, so I just didn't. Uh, I just didn't understand, and, and <laughs> they have not Back let heaven. up on this Back man. Heaven. First, let me say this. I mean, let me tell you something Back right heaven. now. Make no mistake. I kicked Beyonce down a flight of steps to get to Jill Scott. Uh, in, in, yes, in a heartbeat. <laughs> yes, in sir. Right. Heartbeat. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you guys, uh, the fellas, the ladies have showed up, but I got to give the fellas on Twitter some props. They have come through with it. This one brother said, "I'll drink a gallon of Jill Scott's bath water." <laughs> So, <laughs> <laughs> now that's a bit much, but okay. Oh man, oh man. He said this one other brother oh, said man. Jill Scott has been sexy for decades now and never had to try extra hard. There's levels to it. Uh, this mm-hmm. is this is I don't I don't understand. Um, I think that we still have to get over our image issues uh, as a black community. Right. And, um, you know, we, we got to stop looking at what's defined as beautiful and sexy. Uh, it's not just one type of way. So uh, that I think written. that's, uh, and, and, it, and even if it was, Jill Scott fits the quota. So what I'm saying yeah. is, uh, right. you know, it's, it's, it's got to be, you know, particularly with our, our young men. Our young men are growing up. I was looking the other day, you know, I've been spending the last week or so watching a lot of 90s shows. And um, what I've noticed is a lot of young brothers did not grow up seeing those natural beauties. A lot of these young brothers are growing up in the age of the Instagram model. Mm. And so you just have this false perception. Like, y'all remember back in the day, man? You yeah. know, you remember Pam from Martin? Tashina Arnold, yeah. oh my gosh. She didn't have to be all yeah. made up. She had a baseball no. cap on and a T-shirt and just was just just gorgeous. You know, I think about mm-hmm. living single, and all those sisters were gorgeous. And right. it just wasn't all about doing it for the gram. So uh, I hope he learned his lesson. Uh, that That's for sure. You know, maybe he should put on a mask, and that'll stop him from tweeting like your president did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but, but like, I don't, I don't understand why people don't know that if you say something that you feel is your opinion, you're going to have other folks that are not going to agree with you, bro. So... Just Absolutely. either not say it on that particular platform. It's okay to have that discussion when you're amongst people that you know, right? But like you are in a realm where people actually follow what you say. I guess you would say. Uh, so watch what you mm-hmm. say, man. I mean, you know you're gonna get the backlash, man. You see it all the time. So why would you oh, subject yeah. yourself to anything? So um, yeah, I mean, you know, some people deserve certain things, certain. Dragons. I mean, that's the equivalent to getting, I guess you would say, beat up in the hood. <laughs> yeah. I know he better you not know? ever go to any. He better be glad the barbershops are closed right now. You go into any black barbershop in America talking about Jill Scott ain't safe. Boy, they're going to, they first off, they're going to give you a bad cut, so you're going to leave that with your behind whip and a, a crooked fade. <laughs> right. <laughs> let, me ask, let me ask y'all a question, though. Would y'all say the same for Lizzo? Would y'all say she can fit in the Jill? Uh, category. I think Lizzo is absolutely gorgeous. I don't like Lizzo's antics, but you cannot deny Correct. that sister is beautiful. She is gorgeous. Yep. She is sexy. I just don't particularly like her twerking, you know, on the 
at the fast food counter. You know, nothing yeah, against Lizzo, but I just don't want the hint of ass on my uh, fo fo when I go in the windows to get my burger. That's just, that's just you know, you, the you antics are right. a turn off. I'm serious. The right. antics are a turn off, but she is gorgeous. I I agree with Nick. I agree with Nick. Like, it doesn't take all that, man. Like, you don't have to, to me, like, the behavior is like, um, look at me, look at my attention type behavior. Just be Lizzo, bro. Like, right. dope, you got dope music. And, and, and yeah. continue to be black and beautiful, man. Like, you don't have to right. do all the extra stuff. Great you know, writer, none of the queens singer. before you did that. No, some of them did. So, <laughs> Some of them did. did. I mean, my bad. The criticisms I have for a little, the same type of criticisms I have for Nicki Minaj, anybody who, you can go and check my timeline from years ago. The same type of criticism. It's your antics. That's true. That's what makes it That's true. Right. Right. Uh, I got got one last question for updates, man. Like, what do y'all think about, you know, seeing Trump in a mask? I say take it off and go to your rallies. Stand with the people. Be with the people since you're all about the people. I'm not wishing bad on anybody. I'm just saying let the chips fall where they may. Do you think we'll see a change in certain conversations since he has put on a mask and has been pictured with a mask? We'll see tomorrow because I know uh, Mississippi, those mandates go live. Uh, people are oh, yeah. looking at me crazy yesterday because I had I went to the store. I had my mask on. They look at me crazy. I'm like, you look all you want to. Better not come over and touch this mask. I know that much. What are <laughs> they talking about charging for that anyway? Uh, it's a $500 fine for places where it's mandated. And and the thing about it is this. You know, maybe they'll take a, a cue from their king on this and put on a mask. But you are absolutely right that you, as an American citizen, have every right not to wear a mask. That is totally your right. Just like that private business right. has every right to refuse you service. Just like for years, no shirt, no shoes, no service, no shirt, no shoes, no mask, no service. Simple as that. If you don't like it, shop somewhere yep. else. Yeah, ain't nobody forcing you to go in those stores at all. That is but now they're trying to say it's oppression. Oh, man, some of these folks want to be oppressed so bad. My goodness. No, it's because we said it, and how dare those people say those things and, and you know, get away with it. Mm-hmm. Now we can use the same ad- adage and, and make them, you know, that's all yeah. it is, man. They just want to get in where they fit in it, man. They only just need to sit down somewhere, real talk. All these mad it's Karens, all these mad dudes out here. I was just about to say. mad for somebody yeah, It's just, it's just as ridiculous as them saying uh, Karen is an equivalent to the N-word. Oh, man, please. Go right. sit down. Please go sit down. <laughs> go sit down, Karen. You know what I feel sorry for and all that? Becky. Because Becky used to get all the attention for representing white women. Sure <laughs> do. And don't get none. And it was no a very, none. Yeah, it was a very Karen thing to do to come in and take all the, <laughs> the shine away from Becky. Man, Becky had <laughs> songs and everything. You know what I'm saying? I know, right? <laughs> Becky with the good hair. It's all good though. Right. Hey, look who just walked in the building, y'all. Hey, Jen. Hey, on, buddy? hey, hey, everybody. Jen, I actually right. paused before I said my introduction, just you know, out of just muscle <laughs> memory, because I was, you know. Hey. Just saying. Goodness gracious. So what's going on? No. Where are we at, guys? Oh, we're talking well, about we're about Karen's and people masks, and we're about to hop into the topic yeah. today. 
You know, mm-hmm. my new favorite pastime is watching Karen Scumwall on Instagram. But that is like my new favorite pastime. It never gets old. It never gets old. I think it's from a lack of the father in the household. Thugs, and they just need to, you know. <laughs> right. They're destined to be bad. Right, right, right. <laughs> and you know what? Like, do you watch them and you think of all the Karen things that have happened in your own personal life? Like, that's that's what I think. It was like, only if I had a camera. Only if I had a camera back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By all means. Uh, I, but uh, I am glad woman it's at exposing. The I'm glad it's exposing one thing, the- though. Go ahead, Kev. You see the one at the grocery store? You see the one at the grocery store that sat in the middle of the floor and was like had a straight meltdown like a three year old? Oh yeah. I didn't see you uh, did, wait, was that the one that was throwing the boxes all over the place? No, no, this is another one. Golly, it's they all over the place. There's so many of them, man. There's so many. There's so many. But, uh, you know, one thing that's being exposed, though, that I think that is an interesting topic for this show. I know this, this is not today's show. Yeah. However, about the racism, that the new racism, I think that Asian Americans are allowing themselves to recognize now. When a lot of times they, mm. they didn't. Um, and I think now a lot of them are coming to this, you know, epiphany that, you know, they have racist things happen to them, too. Mm-hmm. That will be an interesting show. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, actually. Ain't, a, ain't nobody studying now. They ain't studying now. They ain't studying now. Kev, come on, brother. Here we go. <laughs> Jeez, but I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Middle Men Talk Show today. We have a great show planned for you guys. We are talking about schools because the school year is approaching. August is around the corner, right? And there has been much discussion about reopening schools. The CDC has released guidelines for school safe reentry policies and, and and approaches, but a lot of those things were opposed by President Trump. Some of the states have already begun to identify options for school reentry plans, whether to come in person or virtual learning. So we all know that education is important, but are we headed in the right direction for opening our schools? That's the question we really want to pose for today. So the things we want to discuss today on the show, what approach should school take in the fall when they reopen schools? Should we be in person? Should it be a hybrid, both in person and virtually? Or should it be virtual learning? We're also going to discuss as the number of cases rise in, in COVID-19, what will the, the culture of school look like after this, such as sporting events, dances, graduation, other things that normal school settings normally, normally happen, all right? Also, how does COVID affect our children mentally? Emotionally and socially Why is also there is a Such a political push to reopen Schools and we're also going to talk about The college standpoint as well too Such as uh, opening uh, virtually and physically Will this change up Where potential students attend school And how will this uh, Affect the operating budget of colleges And universities and should they Adjust that to fit The significant loss in revenue Versus going virtual Also will colleges and universities adjust their tuition for those students who will attend virtually. So we're going to discuss these things today. We definitely want to hear your thoughts on the topic today. If you'd like to get in on this discussion live, you can dial 516-387-1542. Press the number one, and we'll definitely get to your comment. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, Are we moving in the right direction with opening our schools for the fall? I know we have 
a lot of, you know, states have submitted those plans for um, virtual learning versus also in school where social distancing will be practiced based on the CDC guidelines. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Whew. Okay, this is a tough one for me because um, <clears throat> I have a 10th grader and a kindergarten. And in the 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 mandate is that K through five does have to attend mm-hmm. school um, mm-hmm. at least here. Uh, for the high school, my uh, my oldest daughter she can choose to do virtually, even though they're still quote unquote figuring it out. Uh, so it's one of those situations where at this point my wife and I are reviewing all options. Is it a situation where we say screw it, we're going to homeschool this year? Do we say, you know, it's still a lot of options in the air because, you know, on one hand, um, what I will say is there has been a a pretty good effort, at least along the Mississippi Gulf Coast, in terms of what they can do in terms of social distancing. But I think in a situation in the traditional public school system where you already have overcrowding in the classrooms, how much actual social distancing can you really do? Um, Add to the fact that you're talking about extracurricular activities like band, choir, Mm -hmm. theater, Mm -hmm. football, baseball, Mm -hmm. ROTC, where you have a large sum of students. Like at at my daughter's high school, uh, the high school band is 268 people. Even if you at the games try to put – there's no way you can put 260 people on a field show and have everybody completely socially distanced. It's just not enough field for it. So uh, it's a – it's it's tough because as a parent you want you want the absolute best for your child, um, but you also have to take into account your schedule, your spouse's work schedule. You know what what would be the ramifications uh, in terms of homeschooling because there's still a large mm-hmm. factor of people that just don't know about homeschooling and option right. of, option of virtual learning. So it's just it's a weird place right now, really weird place. I think that I'm in the same place as well. Um, You know, we're really baffling. I've I've gone and sent email after email. The school districts aren't prepared, which is baffling to me why when this first started back in, I guess you can really say technically March, why why wasn't plans put together? Um, At first I, I toggled between advocating for a hybrid, but as the numbers increase every day, I think that I will be homeschooling my children. Um, I am terrified. And also, I'm angered. Um, It's a very bad place for America to be in, for parents to be in, for teachers, educators to be in. I, I, I just, I cry for us because on one hand, we are not prepared to probably go in a virtual setting again and but however we're i think that we're going to be forced to be well my my opinion is <clears throat> i'm wondering if if this is a part of the arrogance of us being americans you know the thing is uh, a big part of our society they feel like they know if they hear something so many times they make it be the truth um they they're going mm-hmm. to get the cdc they hear what the president's saying and then at the same time, oh, I don't see the numbers. The number one thing I hear from people is, well, I don't see the numbers. Well, all the deaths, all you know, I'm hearing about deaths, but I'm not seeing them. So I'm wondering, do we can we base this uh, from the standpoint of the arrogance of us being Americans and the way our thought process and psyche is set up? Well, I think that 
I would say yes, Jeep, because I mean we can take any movie that that has a I guess you would say a funny thing that says those Americans think they're the greatest, think they're this and that, right? This is exactly mm-hmm. what we're doing. This is exactly what we're doing. When all of those countries were, you know, putting, you know, their schools on lockdowns, closing businesses, making sure that people are getting those regular checks, trying to come up with plans to increase testing, what was our country doing? Not enough. Yeah. Playing around. Still having these same same um, um, arguments, same uh, propaganda-type questions and, and statements that have been put into our people's, you know, thought process that they feel is true, and it's not. Like, you have yeah. medical professionals who are out there fighting for the truth, but it's just like how it was in 2016 and 17, fake news. That's what they keep throwing at us, fake news. And that's yeah. what the people, well, not, uh, not, not everybody, but that's what's driving I hate that term with a I think I it also exposes yeah. how fragile our system is. Um, you mm-hmm. know, our infrastructure. You know, when nine eleven happened, that that was another exposure of how fragile our infrastructure is, how fragile our systems are, how easily broken they are. And instead mm-hmm. of having plans and really hunkering down over the last couple of months, getting some of the greatest minds in the world right, right here in America right. together and coming up with a plan, we're we're still right. playing politics and being petty, which is beyond me. You know, when the telephone was invented and when the highway system came mm-hmm. about, when Eisenhower and the highway system came about, he said, you know, the world was changing, America was changing. He built a highway system to connect America. It changed the face of America. Telephones, the Correct. electric lights. I see the Internet the same. So many, the, one of the biggest problems with virtual learning is that so many Americans do not have access to the Internet. I think how the Internet is, it is no longer this, you know, novelty. It is a need and it should be provided as a free service. Like, you know, if you want to pay for fiber, fine, but basic Wi-Fi should be a free service to every American. It's like the highway. The Internet is no different than a highway. And and, and mm-hmm. those are the type of things that we need to start changing. And when we talk about lobbying, especially for people of color and poor people who are in some of these um, underserved areas who don't have um, cable, I mean not cable, don't have Internet access um, and don't have devices to use those on, those are basic services that should be provided for every American. And that is something that both candidates should be talking about and no one is talking about it. Right. Well, you know, uh, in, in major on. metropolitans, I was going to say real quick, uh, in major metropolitans, in certain areas, they do offer, like if you have Comcast in the area or Cox in the area, they have, mm-hmm. like, Internet basically throughout that whole city covered. But will they implement a program that will help out low-income families get free Wi-Fi? Because, honestly, you don't have to have the rod in your house because if you have one of the certain phones, like I said, with Comcast or maybe Cox, you can walk around with a cell phone that works off their towers and a Wi-Fi system. So there's really no excuse, but I understand with the rural areas, there has to be a change. They said they were going to change that. Mm-hmm. I don't see it yet. There's a lot of people without. So, okay, so, let's. Uh, it, it, it's a couple of things to decode on that, uh, Kev, because I do want to address a couple of things that you and uh, Jen said. First, got to look at the top. you got to look at someone like well, the fact that Betsy DeVos is the uh, – 
the Secretary mm-hmm. of Education, and she said that only point zero two percent of kids are likely to die when they go back to school. Realistically, that's almost right. fifteen thousand right. kids. Like, are, are we right. serious? That's right. Are, are we serious? That's that's problem number one. In terms of the internet, and I, I agree with Jen one hundred percent about it being a necessity. The problem that comes in with it is most of these companies that offer this high level broadband also bundle that in with cable. <clears throat> they also bundle them with cable. So if you're in an cable area mm-hmm. where you're, uh, where a particular company has the cable franchise in that area, that also means that they're likely to dominate in terms of the Internet, unless you have something like satellite Internet via some, uh, a service like HughesNet, which satellite Internet is about as useful as a Nokia phone right now. Uh, so with them having those cable franchises, now what I will say to Kev's point they do have services for that. Uh, you guys remember a couple of years ago the lady that was on TV talking about the Obama phone, this, Obama phone, that? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yep. the, the the thing is, one, it's not an Obama phone. First, uh, this was the Lifeline program, and this program I actually used to manage in Georgia. Um, and it provided people with uh, free or very low-cost phone service. It was instituted by Reagan in the 80s for people to have home service, home phones, so that they could actually get jobs and be able to be accessible to employers when they're calling them to offer jobs. It was greenlit by the Bush administration for cell phones after Hurricane Katrina so that people would have cell mm-hmm. service and be able to stay in touch with friends, family, and call people in cases of emergencies. For whatever reason, Obama got, and I, I say whatever reason with a sarcastic tone, Obama got the brunt of that. Now, the expansion of the Lifeline program brought in broadband service to where people could get basic broadband service for about $9 a month. And so companies like Comcast actually have that, and that is available for people. Here's the problem. Okay. The problem comes in is even if you have the Wi-Fi, if you don't have a cell phone, if you don't have a laptop or a tablet or a desktop computer in your home, which a lot of low-income places do not have, the schools do not have the resources to supply enough for all of the kids there. And, and, and that's mm. what it really comes down to. Kids are still getting left out, and so parents are still finding themselves having to line up in school, get packages so that they can go back and turn them in after the child has completed the package. Well, that also leaves them out of the virtual classroom setting because all they have is the worksheets to go by. And, and so it just opens up a, a ton of things that uh, that really, to Jen's point, show the fragility and how unstable we actually are. Now I know we got a call. Uh, we actually got a couple of callers in, so let's go ahead and get that uh, that first caller in. Uh, John, you're now live. All right. Man. Sorry about All right, man. I'm calling in from Mississippi. Um, as an educator, uh, I teach six through twelve now, but I've been on both sides. I've mm-hmm. taught um, teaching secondary. I've taught collegiate uh, for seven years prior to that, and um, looking at this whole remodel entry. It is it's interesting uh, calling friends, calling colleagues in different states, seeing, you know, this state is shutting down, this state is doing virtual, this state is doing, or um, this state is doing like the hybrid system. Here in Mississippi, we're literally all doing something different, every single district. There's no mm-hmm. uniform way of, of reaching. And Mississippi, you know, it's still rural, but there are a lot of cities here. And so when you start looking at internet access, um, like you guys are talking about, yeah, Comcast dominates. Xfinity is everywhere, but also Ceasefire dominates as well. Um, here in Mississippi, Ceasefire, which is you know locally owned cell phone company provider, they've literally taken over the rural market, bigger than HughesNet. They've gone mm-hmm. in and literally put fiber optics in in all of these rural areas, providing 
internet access at a low cost to everyone that's there. Um, I do agree with you all that, you know, that is a basic fundamental now to where everyone should, you know, have that access. Um, this mm-hmm. summer, I've actually seen some of these local mayors in Mississippi, you know, rally and talk to some of these cell phone providers and, and Internet provider companies to say, hey, you know, I got this deal with Google and they're giving us Chromebooks. So I got this deal with Apple and they're yep. giving us MacBooks. Yep. Can you work out a deal to where you can give us hotspots? And like Verizon is one company. They are literally giving school districts their personal hotspots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't even think of what the box is that they, that they give the business people. Um, uh, for business accounts that they can have in their cars and carry around, but they're attaching them to these laptops. And so when they do these MacBook or Chromebook distributions, if a kid does not have internet access at home, now you do. And it's pinging off of that cell phone tower. And it's on the school yep. time because of the part that they've done. Uh, I think that's a, a, a avenue to explore as we look at That, that is correct. You know, if we want to talk about providing internet access to all, that is one way to do it. Mm-hmm. There are towers everywhere, and they're constantly putting new cell phone towers up because these companies are merging and they're expanding. Why not? You know, if, if cable internet wants to continue to raise prices, the cell phone market can actually help. You know, that's that's just uh, my input on it. John, I have a, I have I agree a quick question that, for you. Uh, I'm uh-huh. also I'm also in Mississippi. Um, as an educator, how what are you finding in terms of the the equipment shortage that some families are having? And I say that because I'm on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and one of the schools that I, I, I know about um, last year when everything first hit, they actually um, ran out because at first they were issuing a lap, the school was issuing a laptop per child, and then when they realized they were quickly running out, then all of a sudden it was a laptop per household. Per household. By that time, you mm-hmm. had a lot of uh, you had a lot of parents complaining. Where it's like, no, well, we just can't have that. It's, you know, because you've got classes going on at the same time. So some of them actually refuse to bring that stuff back. Uh, what do you find is happening in terms of the lack of equipment and access to equipment that some of these kids are having, particularly in a lot of low income areas? That's what I was about to say. That's primarily happening in a lot of these low income areas. It's crazy. I live in I live in Byron, and I teach in Madison County. And so in Madison, mm-hmm. obviously, it's an Apple one-to-one school. And so every kid, I think when the when COVID hit and we went home, they literally gave every kid third grade up a MacBook. Um, not not one per household. Every kid got one. Apple literally was able to supply us and all of the other counties that were Apple schools. But, again, the local income areas, one thing that I've noticed is that Apple isn't supplying equipment to those areas. Isn't, you're mostly getting Chromebooks. Or you might be mm-hmm. getting a deal. I'm not talking about the the Dale Inspirons that they or the FCS that they say now. I'm talking about the old school dudes you're getting the Dale yep. laptop. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. and those Chromebooks are terrible. And the Chromebooks are but terrible. Uh, and, and see, that's the that's the issue across the board. It's not it's nothing uniform. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's like Apple is servicing the communities that are middle class or higher, but then the low income areas. You're seeing a shortage because you're getting these Google Chromebooks or these Samsung um, netbook or whatever the case may be that's cheap and inexpensive, and then they're still having a shortage because they don't even have the funds to even supply enough for every kid. Um, I do see that a lot, and unfortunately, I, I don't have a remedy for it. I don't even have a suggestion for it other than figuring out how to partner up and have a uniform system. Everybody's using the same thing. 
You know, just find something in the middle of the road. We can all be equal. Right. We definitely appreciate that comment, uh, John. Um, definitely appreciate that. We're going to bring in our next uh, caller. Definitely stay on the line, John. If you have another comment, just press one again and we'll get okay. back to you. All right, I'm going to bring our next caller, uh, D. Smith from Ellenwood. You're now live on the Middleman Talk Show. Hey, how you doing? It's um, Darrell Smith. Uh, I'm a native Mississippian, uh, Columbus, Mississippi. All right. Uh, with the internet, with the internet, that shortage of uh, MacBooks, laptops throughout the school system. I have a degree in IT. Um, a lot of things I know with the rural area. The thing is. Um, especially with fiber optics, and this is where Congress is going to come into play with the um, mm-hmm. land of those fiber optic lines is that a lot of farm owners, landowners do not want that coming through their property. So yeah. the, mm-hmm. government try to, the government try to um, buy this land, but some folks will not buy it, and then so they try to find different ways to bypass that line. So when, you know, when dealing with fiber optics, fiber optics, it's a money issue, and it is. And then so, you know, a lot of these, um, like AT&T was the primary one that when I was in school that we studied, um, <clears throat> especially coming from the trying to go from the East Coast to the West Coast, they ran into a lot of problems. So as, as we speak, they're still laying down fiber optic lines so every household can get um, – better internet service because even um, bouncing um, bouncing Wi-Fi off a tire on towers, that's still not a significant enough of um, the information to travel through those laptops and back and forth. You're going to get some hot spots going to just be going off and on. So you still ain't going to get right. the quality that you need to have um, the ability to get that information to your laptop. So And it's not it, secure it, either. And so it, it's it's a lot of things where we all facing throughout this throughout the United States because from the United States because I was in Saudi Arabia, um, it, it was terrible over there because they was trying to lot on lay down fiber optic cables when I was in Saudi. So it, it's a thing where some 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 cities. And I, I, know, I know due to this COVID-19, because, you know, you can go to the library and they have um, computers and stuff for um, kids to get on and work on. But since with the time we're working in now, yeah, every household should have some type of um, Internet capability, um, mm-hmm. even a, a laptop or a tower um, computer in their home so to keep the kids educated. And, and it's sad that some of us, you know, I like that. I know I grew. Up, I grew up. Poor. I grew up poor, but it was a time when I said, "Okay, I know life owes me more than what it um, dealt with." So that means I had to go out there and get what I had to do. I joined the army. I did 22 years in the army. While I was in the army, I got my degree. Then I got on. I got another degree. So <clears throat> as as you as we look at this, the the poor versus the mid, the rich, you know, I still, I don't consider, I don't look at money. I look at trying to help everybody achieve a goal in their life. And everybody should look at it as like, okay, we got to help these kids do better. Because a lot of us, you know, I, and I'm going to say this, and I know some some folks might disagree with me with it. A lot of folks 
they get to a certain point in their life and they forget where they come from. Then they start to frown upon a lot of the folks that be like, oh, they poor, they ain't trying to do better. But the thing is that the ones that's not trying to, it's not they're not trying to do better. Somebody need to teach them to do better. So it, it's, that's correct. It, 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 it's a lot of things. That's correct. We can talk about this subject all day, but until Congress get off, they behind and try to make yep. this um this mm-hmm. internet in each household a better thing, and, and we already know that's not what they worried about right now. They lining their pockets with this government money. We got hey man, thank that, you for your service. Appreciate TV, your man. comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for your service. Hey man, just to let y'all know, man. Uh, Darrell, a long time listener, man. He's been listening to us for years, so I know he don't call in a lot, but when he do call in, man, he draws some jewels, and we do appreciate him, uh, you Absolutely. know, taking the time to, you know what I'm saying, come in and draw some jewels today, man. We appreciate you, brother. Appreciate Definitely. you, brother. Mm-hmm. Now, now and, back uh, to the discussion got, on... I was going to say, let ahead. everybody know the phone lines are open. Uh, if you want to get into this conversation today, just like our other call, 6387-1542. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to the Cotton Kings. I see y'all over there listening. Now, back to the discussion as far as, you know, what school would look like, the culture. You know, back when, you know, going to school was like a gathering to see your friends, to participate in extracurricular activities. You know, what would that look like now, like moving forward? Because we also have to think about, like, plans for the future are we really planning for what school will look like in the future for our children for our teachers for our administrators like what will the culture look like now because you know we have a socialization standpoint within the culture of school right we you know we connect with people because we're beside them like we can have face-to-face conversations now we're moving more to a non-connected type situation in which we are, you know, still practicing social distancing, right? We won't be able to play in large groups for a while. We won't be able to, you know, possibly, you know, spend time with your friends across town. Like, what is that going to look like now moving forward? What do you guys think? Personally, I believe it. uh, One, it's going to take away all of those activities, those extracurricular activities that, you know, sports, band, choir, uh, ROTC, theater, it, it, it takes that mm-hmm. away where people are not, they're just, those are the times where you build camaraderie with your classmates and you're not just in a mm-hmm. traditional class setting. So I, I think it's going to affect it that way. I also think that it's going to affect, and I, I would say um, positively, um, mm-hmm. a lot of kids who have maybe have been socially awkward or may have been bullied or you know you know situations like that i think that may actually affect uh kids from that standpoint positively at, at least long enough for them to get some type of and i don't want to call it thick skin cuz i don't want to come off as insensitive but realizing that once you get out into the world there is no policy that says there's no bullying but i do think that at least in the interim it will affect them kind of positively in in that standpoint but I also think it mm-hmm. shows some real fallacies mm-hmm. within our uh, our school system itself. One, it's going to completely get rid of standardized testing, which they have waived. They're going into this, the 
the the next time around waiving standardized tests, which we have been told for years and years that was the standard in, in letting you know where you were. And for most of us from uh, marginalized communities, we know that it's largely culturally biased. Right. So um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to expose that and also the length of school time. You know, uh, especially for for those of us, like I, I haven't really told anybody, but I'm actually back in school right now, and I'm in school online. And just seeing how quickly it goes when it's competency-based, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to expose how long school actually is and the actual need for a restructuring yeah. of what we're mm-hmm. doing in our systems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I'm, uh, I'm scared. Oh, I know we have another yeah. caller, but I'm I'm scared. I I, I think it's going to have detrimental um, effects. I think a lot of the children of today have personality issues because they aren't connecting. Uh, they're not having interpersonal experiences, maybe like we did mm-hmm. when there was no internet. And I think it's going to worsen those personalities. Mm-hmm. Let's bring it out next caller. Keisha from Columbus, you, you're now live with the middleman. Yes, uh, I, I, I have um, I have mixed feelings about this hybrid um, online mm-hmm. education, uh, as mm-hmm. especially for children eighth, I'm going to say seventh grade and younger. Those are the years in which, from kindergarten to seventh grade, that our children learn to be social sociable. Um, and it develops some form of mental uh, development for them. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the reason, with, even like now, with our kids 10 years, 10 to 12 years old with cell phones, they don't know how to hold a complete sentence. They don't know how to hold a conversation with you because mm-hmm. of the simple fact they're used to texting. And if what? you take away that, you know, if you take away that principle of the children being able to mingle with other kids, learning that the world is not just for them, but it's a, it's a world of every you know of everybody. Um, right. So that's one take on it. And then the second take is this: I'm worried about the teachers. I'm worried about the children mm-hmm. because a lot of parents don't have the mindset or the morale to say, "Hey, I'm going to send my child to school with a mask on." Or um, right. my child, you know, we already have in in the in our culture when it's time for school, we already start bickering when school get ready to start, and they send out those supply lists. Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm not the only one that here. Why we gotta buy all this stuff? Why we gotta do all this stuff? So if mm-hmm. you're not willing to buy a paper pencil and and crayons and glue and all that kind of stuff, I know you're not gonna be willing to buy Lysol wipes, Clorox wipes. Mask, gloves. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, I, I'm glad that they're going to the hybrid and online, but it is going to mentally uh, bring our children down a notch uh, because they already don't know how to socialize. And then mm, they're going to be agree. at home by themselves all day long. Yep. No one to care yep. for their <laughs> needs, such as I need to eat or anything of that nature. So those are my two worries. I don't know how to bridge those things together, but those are my very two concerns. The kids not getting what they need, and then the teachers being jeopardized by being in the classroom with all these kids, and the parents really don't care uh, as long as they just get them out of the house. In our culture, that has always been 
the spoken thing. They better go to school. That's where they need to be. Ain't my problem. So, you know, that's that's the hurt thing about us. But if we could develop some form where we could have classes like from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., you have 10 kids in the classroom, and then you shift those kids throughout, and, you know, that still gives the parents what they need to work and not have to worry about their children, but it also protects the the teachers and everybody else from – because this stuff is not over. It's by far mm-hmm. not over because not, we don't even know not. how to mm-hmm. we don't know how to stay at home. We got to go to right. Boo Boo's barbecue, Sharif's uh, <laughs> baby shower. We got to go to the little one year old's birthday bash. Nobody has on masks. <laughs> nobody has on everything, and right. we, we're spreading this stuff. So, so yeah, I'm, yeah. it's really a, a fearful time for us as a culture. It really is. Well, Keisha, we appreciate you for your comments. Great insight. I agree with y'all. You. you know, our people, we got a lot going on, and we, we got to get right. Um, when she was talking about the teachers, and, and I mean, we're really more so about the parents buying things uh, with the mm-hmm. lifestyle, I wonder where we'd be able to find it. I mean, there's so much stuff that's out of stock right now. I mean, that's really putting the kids at risk by not having the proper <laughs> things to keep everything sanitized. But see, common sense would tell companies, right, I need to invest in making sure that the schools that my company is located in, such as the city and the surrounding areas, I need to make sure I put in some type of donation or tax write-off to where I can donate supplies to the school. Like, in my mind, that's common sense. Also common sense with uh, the companies that actually make the stuff, right? Think about all the all the amount of uh, supplies that companies throw away every year, right? Think about if there was right. some type of recycling program to where those supplies were actually, you know, approved, right? Not, you know, not just given away, but approved to be used. But just think about, like, the impact that could, you know, have on a small rural area that, that do not have access to get those supplies. Um, and then also, too, with her speaking about, you know, the babies wearing the masks, to school as well, right? What about, you know, like, think about the children who may lose their mask on the way to school, right? Wow. That happens, Yeah. okay? So are schools going to be responsible for replacing those masks, and do schools have enough to replace? So They can't mind, even give out mercy then. Man, for real. Um, I know we got another comment. Um, yeah, um, let's... Um, we're going to bring in John and uh, Smitty. We're coming right to you. John Quest, you are live with the middleman. What's going on? All right. Hey, um, my comment is this. I know someone earlier said that they teach on the coast. What is what is the protocol for you re- reentering for the students? Are you guys on the coast going back hybrid or are you going back traditional? Well, I'm, I'm actually I'm not a teacher. I'm a um, I, I, but I'm a have a par- I'm a parent. I have a child in high school and one in um, kindergarten, and so okay. right now for K through five, it's mandatory that they're uh, going back to school. For uh, high school, mm-hmm. they do have the option to do. Uh, they've given us three options. So one is to go back in a traditional sense, two go uh, go virtually, and then the hybrid where they may spend uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the school. Tuesday and Thursday virtually or vice versa just to mm-hmm. lower the number of students actually in the classroom. So there okay. are 
definitely some options in terms of it. But for K through five, they are mandating that they're going back in school, which is why we've introduced the idea of homeschooling this year. And, we, and I do have to say this. I mm-hmm. think that if anyone is prepared in this situation, because people who homeschool have been getting a lot of yep. flack and criticisms mm-hmm. and, and weird looks for mm-hmm. years, but they are absolutely the most prepared uh, for this type of situation. Yep. And I, I know quite a few parents uh, that are personal friends of mine that homeschool, and they're just like, look, this is business as usual. Their kids still are very social, very well-adjusted kids. But uh, it, And so maybe this is the opportunity for us to really take a cue from those homeschool parents and the homeschool system. And, and now is the time to maybe mm-hmm. stop looking at them in negative light that we have for years. That is correct. That is correct. That is correct. It's more right. to have more than one strategy instead of just one, you know? And so the reason why I ask is because, all right, in Central Mississippi, we're all going back traditionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the exception mm. of the black, with, with the exception of the black school districts, or the low-income wow. school districts, I might say. Um, so your Rankin counties, your um, Madison counties, those type of areas, oh. they're going back traditionally. Yeah. Where? Um, so I'm, I'm gonna piggyback on. Right. So this, I'm gonna piggyback <laughs> on this. Right, so for areas mm-hmm. that are going back traditionally, um, there's a hybrid mm-hmm. option in, in the event that they have to shut down. But they're going back traditionally, and you're looking at you know K through five. They're they're not wearing masks. They're they're gonna be provided face shields, and the school district is providing those the box. But six, for six through twelve, is every man for themselves. Like you bring your own mask. We have a few on hand. You know, for for if a kid loses it or forgets it at home, um, we right. may we may actually test temperatures. K through five, getting their temperatures checked every day when they get to school. Six through twelve, we might we yeah. might not. We we really don't know. Um, you know, and it, that's a concerning thing for everyone. For the the parents who have to put their kids on the school bus and have to ride mm-hmm. on a bus three to a seat, you know, and nobody's temperatures have been checked yet. You know, if somebody could be yeah. riding their asymptomatic. Um, you know, again, making them sit on a bus for an hour, hour and a half, and not knowing if they're going to keep their mask on the entire time. Because who's going to enforce that? Nobody's there to do so. Um, so, yeah, look at, you know, those also, aspects, you know, that's, that's those scary thoughts for schools that are going back traditionally. Right. Or even going back hybrid, where you are on the bus every every other day. And then on the mm-hmm. reverse side of that, um, I teach band. And so I know earlier the comment was about, you know, the social interaction of being in some of those larger classroom settings and, you know, being a part of things and having camaraderie. Um, I, I have to agree, you're going to lose a lot of that interpersonal relationship that, that is being built amongst these young, you know, these young students. And it's needed. Yeah. But unfortunately, um, it's, it's a hard thing now of how do you teach them you know, because in most band halls or choir rooms or art rooms, there are so many kids packed into one large area. Social distancing one is correct. Even if you put up hybrid, mm-hmm. there's no way to social distance a band unless you make the band stretch out across the entire day. But guess what? Now you got to start looking at cutting programs because your directors can't flow. Mm-hmm. That choir director mm-hmm. can't flow between the middle school and the high school. High school uh, band can't do the same. Art rooms are already jam-packed because it's almost serving as a dumping ground. Same thing as like a music appreciation class. So although those kids... And physical education. Right. Uh, you know, and then mm-hmm. schools are busting out the scenes. Like where we teach, uh, you know, I teach I teach a band class in a closet. 
in a closet. I fit 20 kids in a closet, a storage room that doesn't have ventilation. You know, what do you do? You know, how do you tell a parent that, hey, I got to social distance your child, and the only way to do so is that we're going to have to have class outside every day. Because that's what administration is telling me to do. And I ask, what if it rains? And they're just like, you're going to have to deal with it. There's no water fountain. It's, it's the middle of the summer right now. So in August, if I'm outside teaching a class, how am I going to tell these kids, you need to bring your own water bottle, but you don't go to class until 1230? And you have to keep right. over that water bottle all day. And when you run out of water, you're out of water. So you're not allowed to go to the vending machine because it's shut down. And then when mm-hmm. that kid passes out, I'm the one that's in trouble. There's no safeguards right now to protect teachers from catching COVID or getting sued if a kid falls out or get sick from COVID. On top of these parents are worried. But at the same time, yeah. if you homeschool the well not homeschool the kids, how many of those kids are gonna have to teach themselves? Because mom and daddy are gonna have to work. Or or better yet, you have kids that's already taking care of themselves in the traditional setting mm-hmm. where they go to school every day and get off and go to work and then have to put bills or pay for their own school supplies. They're going to have to go out there and try to find those lifestyle whites to get these teachers. These school districts should be fine. Plenty is athletics. Athletics and band programs all have the resources because they have booster clubs and they can buy their mm-hmm. own cleaning supplies for the, these kids. So we're, we're fine. We can take care of these kids. But when they go to the other classes, if they don't have anything. It's on them or their parents. It's on them. If they have a robust booster program, and and that's the other part to it. A lot of that is very uneven. Uh, there are school, there are some high schools down here on the coast where you know we're fortunate that we have a very strong booster program at my daughter's school, and it's been like that since I went to that school. But there are other right. schools that the booster program is just it's just not there. Just you not know, there. So, uh, you know. Yep, I agree. So but like like we said, like someone said earlier, this this entire time literally shows how weak our infrastructure is. And although many educators have always known, if they really pay attention and they really care about teaching this next generation of young adults, then they understand how fragile this this um, infrastructure is, and they've always tried to combat against it. And those are the ones that are prepared. Unfortunately, every teacher is not prepared for this. Every parent right. is not prepared. Right. Um, and right. part of being an educator, unfortunately, should be not only teaching these students, but also helping to teach the community how to how to be prepared for when something like this arises. Man, that's that is the truth. We definitely appreciate appreciate your comments and points too, Judd. Definitely hit on some great. Great points. We're going to go ahead and move into our next call. If you want to get back in, John, just press the number one, okay? We're going to bring in Smitty. You're not live on the Middleman Talk Show? Hey, what's going on, everyone? What's up, Smitty? How you doing, brother? I'm doing better than Will Smith right now, but it's not, I need to hear no there. Yeah, we're talking about these entanglements, brother. Yeah, I'm trying to get in the one. <laughs> PlayStation 5 coming out in November. Trying to get me one. But, uh, but you know, like I said, I don't have kids, right? But, you know, most people, I, of course, most people I know have kids, and my sister has three boys in Georgia, in Atlanta area. She's fortunate where her job is. She might be able to work from home. But mm-hmm. one thing like one of the ladies talked earlier, and she's right, this, stuff, this coronavirus thing has shown a lot of things. One, a lot of jobs could be done from home. 
Uh, also, a lot of folks don't really. Didn't, I, I said this a long time ago. My sister didn't believe me. I said it years ago. A lot of folks really didn't want their kids. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of folks don't like their kids. How many folks you seen complain about their kids being out, whatever, during this whole thing? Uh, and I just look at it as a time where you really get that time to bond because I know I know yep. y'all know Atlanta pretty well. My sister, she has to get up in the working morning, get three boys ready. Uh, their dad's on the other side of town. You know, 10 miles in Atlanta, like a 45-minute drive. Uh, <laughs> so right. she gets right. them to work, get them, get them ready for school. She gets off, got to commute from downtown to Ackworth, so she don't get home like 6 up. That means dinner time, kids go to bed and do it all over again. You don't have that time. But at the same time, I'm pointing the finger at all these folks that didn't want to wear a mask, didn't want to social distance, and now you want to cry boo-boo the fool because the Quavion can't got to go to in-person class and you can't, you know, and all that good stuff. You know, so, but at the same time, you, it's like one brother said, it's hard. If you can't even get wipes for yourself, how can you get that for your kid? And then a hand sanitizer is uh, a higher price. Who really expects an eight-year-old to sit still with a mask all day? It ain't happening. Um, maybe like a high school kid, they may have more discipline to do that, but these smaller kids don't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so now you got colleges like Harvard, which I think is the most overrated school ever doing online. So you're going to pay $50,000 for online, <laughs> you know. But I just think that a lot of times these people, one, no one no one could foresee not being able to get a Clorox wipe in six months. No one foresaw that or lights off. But the, this is where government comes in, where you got all this funding to fund police departments and build prisons, but somehow that you're broke when it comes to funding schools. And I was curious mm-hmm. as if these schools will have the proper cleaning products because it's hard for a parent to send their baby to school and they don't know what's going on there or they don't have the proper resources. Because, mm-hmm. and I'll say this real quick, a lot of these parents have lost their jobs as well or might have to take a lesser job. Man, they may not have those same health care benefits as well. So people got to look at those things. I just think that I, I just think that with all this, you just got to do what's best for your kids. And honestly, I agree. This whole this whole coronavirus, yes, yeah, I say that on my last thing. The problem is this whole thing; it's become politicized. The coronavirus is politicized. Instead mm-hmm. of saying, "Hey, let's just get what we do we need to do to minimize these numbers, so we can get to a life of normalcy," it's worse than it was when it started. Because folks are worried about politicizing it instead of getting yep. folks right. Because you have six months to get this stuff right for folks' kids to go to school. Yeah, six mm-hmm. months, pretty much. To get the, mm-hmm. And it should have been done with. Numbers got lower. And now it's gotten worse. Where your kid may not be able to get a proper education. You got kids that play youth sport who may not may affect yep. getting a scholarship now because they won't be looked at. Uh, all yep. kind of things. And, uh, and so, I, and even homeschooling, you know, they try to jerk folks around on that, talking about this curriculum ain't good. And are you really learning when it comes to online learning? Are you really getting that experience as a child with human development? 
And if your parents, and this ain't the days, I said, I'll let y'all go. This ain't the days of like when we was coming up where you had an auntie or grandmama able to watch the kids. Uh, right. Grandmama, one, grandmama 35, but also uh, everybody's working oh, wow. and people all over the country now. So I just think that they just got to stop politicizing and just fix this stuff, man. And thanks for taking my call, guys. Hey, man, appreciate it. It's in Arizona, this, man. All the drop of jewels and coming in swinging. He, he brought up some great points, man. You know, when you look at even even with the shortage and, and with these kids going, I mean, it's a lot of responsibility, man. You got kids out here that can't even feed themselves throughout the day. You know, I know a lot of kids are going hungry right now because, you know, they're used to that meal at school or a summer program mm-hmm. that would feed them. Now we're transitioning right back to school. They're not. What about those days they can't go to school? How are they going to eat? Well, I do have to say on that, Kev, uh, there are a lot of uh, nonprofits working with uh, city government, mm-hmm. um, local officials to make sure that that actually happens. Um, one of the uh, nonprofits that I work with here on the coast, Extend the Hand, Help a Friend, has been uh, feeding children and elderly. We've been doing that since uh, March. And, you know, now we're partnering with the city to make sure that we can continue to do that. On I mean, it's, it's expensive. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely expensive. Gotcha. But, you know, we've had a lot of support from the uh, community as well as uh, as well as local officials. So I think right. this is one of those times, and, you know, you guys know I, I tend to call out the uh, – I tend to call out some of our organizations a lot on this. This is the time where all those wonderful donations to the NAACP, uh, the National Urban mm-hmm. League, SCLC, um, uh, the Divine Nine, the Lynx, the, the Girlfriends, Jack and Jill, this is the time where y'all really need to step up on this. And some of you are doing it, so I don't want to make it seem like no one's doing it, but this is the time we really have to step up with it. Right. Go ahead, eh? Well, I thought Gene had something, but, yeah, um, I agree with what, you know, Smitty was saying, especially when he brought up the comment about, you know, Harvard going, you know, online. So when we think about, you know, our children leaving off going to college, going to, you know, these big-name universities, especially ones that may want to go off to a college that's further away from home, um, what does that potential look like now? Like with those children that who wanted to go to a school that's far away, would this actually change their thought process of attending a school of their choice now. If if not them, maybe their parents. I think that would be more of a parent thing, more so than that child. That child wants to go to that school. They wants to have that. Mm-hmm. They want to have that experience. But their parent is looking out for the safety of that child. And if that child mm-hmm. is not in a in an environment where they feel that they're safe, that parent may pull back. It may strain that relationship with that child. So, I, I'm just saying that's. I mean that's that's a that's. That's up in there with, with, you know, if they're able to go to those schools, if they're going to keep them like that. Because I've seen some reports where they were saying uh, they're going to get the dorm rooms instead of having four people in there. They're going to go down to maybe one or two. To, to one uh, in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one in the room. I think, uh, school, I think school choice will also broaden. Um, for schools mm-hmm. that are, are going more online, then they will be allowed to accept more students. A lot of times mm-hmm. um, attendance, you know, they have to deny students because they don't have the room. But, you know, you know, we'll probably see a lot more kids accepted in some of their choices just because schools are right. going to be allowed to accept more children. 
Yeah, but the problem mm-hmm. with that is, and I think this is one of those areas, because we we have been talking in a very general sense, um, this is going to affect a lot of HBCUs because, unfortunately, um, mm-hmm. I love my HBCUs, but we've been really behind the curve in terms of online learning. And, you yeah. know, you, yeah. you have to take that into account where uh, my alma mater, Alabama State University, just this year launched their first bachelor's program online. So if I'm a student where I know that it's not safe for me to go back, but I'm a business major, then the likelihood is I, you know, they and they are making some concessions for online learning, but it's still very much in its infancy stage. What you have seen, um, and just reports uh, from like U.S. News and World Report, has shown a rise in um, enrollment to community colleges and um, online nonprofit and for-profit universities because of the fact that the system there is just a little bit better. And at least for those graduating seniors, they can take care of their core classes at a community college that has an online program. And, and hopefully by the time this stuff clears up, they'll be able to get to their um, to their actual universities within their majors um, mm-hmm. by the time everything clo- clears up, hopefully, because, you know, Yellow Fever lasted four years. So, but <clears throat> so, so my question also relates to, you know, those extracurricular activities that also draw in our, you know, scholars as well. So you have students that may want to go to a particular school because they offer that, right? Um, you know, now during this time, you know, they may not be able able to go to live in a residential dorm to attend that particular school and to participate in that activity. So um, what effects will this change with, you know, our students either entering into college if COVID continues into 2021-22 year? How will this affect that standpoint that's a major loss of revenue uh, housing yeah. is a huge source of revenue uh so when you think you think housing you think sports programs mm-hmm. you think um band and choir programs these are huge source of revenues for uh for the university level and, and it's going to take a hit there's just no there there's just no way around it people will say oh well the makeup right. because the utilities won't be that high your utility is largely based on your uh volume um and an actual size of your building so it's not going to be that much of a break on it i think what you're going to see is you're going to see this president do some you know oh we're going to do some more funding to quote unquote save our institutions and then it's going to be unevenly distributed just like it Correct. has been mm. over the last couple of generations <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. Um we got we got John again, uh John Quest out of Byron. He had a comment. Go ahead, John. You got a minute right, on this I, one. I'm probably this right. probably gonna be my last comment. Um uh sorry in the truth, but um yeah, I teach college online still, even though I'm in secondary. And so one thing that I've noticed even before I left uh, the collegiate level and I was at a junior college, is this influx of a lot of high school students dual enrolled. You know, they're mm-hmm. looking at these programs now where they can start as a junior in high school, and when they graduate their senior year, they can have their high school diploma and their associates at the same time. Since That's COVID program my daughter's been, Yeah, and since COVID has been in, there have been a lot of these community colleges offering those services to, hey, come take these classes now, start in the summer for free. I know, like, homeschool mm-hmm. community college, they, they've done it. These Mississippi community college, they've done it where. So a lot of these high school kids taking advantage of their options 
And so what you are going to see, yeah, you're going to see a, a, a huge influx of online learning and a huge influx of, of kids going to college possibly, you know, after COVID ends in the next year or two. But on the converse side of that, um, just like you guys are talking about with housing, yeah, housing mm-hmm. is a huge revenue source um, from an athletic band choir standpoint. You know, and some right. of these, these institutions, depending on you know what how their athletic program is, you know their football team ticket there, like having a football season and having those players there, pay the scholarships on the campus and other things mm-hmm. out, and so they need that source of revenue in order to keep the lights on at the school. You know, um, that's how they're getting. You know, a lot of those kids there. When I was teaching band at, at East Mississippi. Um, yeah, athletics had a, a huge say in how much money we gave out right, of scholarship money to those kids. But yep. it helped. You know, they were paying for the tuition. Kids, you know, depending on ACT score, that what determined what their book costs were. But a lot of them were still taking loans. You know, a lot of them were still on financial aid. So there's still a lot of revenue right. going around the school. Um, it's going to be an interesting time to see, you know, how many kids actually take take advantage of this uh, of this opportunity of going back to school with them wavering all these interest fees, no state testing, you know, uh, possibly no ACT uh, requirements or SAT requirements. You know, it, it's a it's a good time, um, but a bad time because you really don't know how those standardized tests are going to weigh in on, on content knowledge, you know, and retention. You know, do some of these students really have what it takes? You know, those standardized tests are biased. We all know that, you know, especially when you start looking at how they, how they are biased towards certain demographics. But at the end of the day, some of it is um, valuable just because you need to know what the retention levels are on some of these kids. Right. Um, but that's that my point. Man, definitely. Yeah, we do appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you. We're going to uh, bring Keisha back in from Columbus, Mississippi. Keisha, you live with the middleman. Go ahead. Okay. Um, just what the gentleman just said, uh, it's going to really affect these uh, smaller HBCUs, such as your Russ College, your Lemoyne Owens, uh, your oh, yeah. Lane College, mm-hmm. your Tougaloo Colleges, because they don't offer the online course line. Uh, my youngest son is a senior now at Russ College, and they right now, to this day, and when the freshmen were, are supposed to come in uh, for orientation starting July the 26th. But those schools, being that Russ just got a new president, uh, great, mm-hmm. great, great, great. Uh, but they just got yep. a new president. And yep. right now, they can't afford to place one child or one young man or young one, young woman in a, in, in a dorm room by themselves because they don't have that much housing. Uh, at Tougaloo, you don't have that much housing. So right now, they're still trying to piece together, how are we going to do this? Are we going to have to shut mm-hmm. our doors? Because we don't uh, we don't know what we're going to do. We don't know how we're going to do it. Lamont Owen right now is um, trying to outsource some of their classes to the University of Memphis because they don't have the capabilities of doing the online classes. They better so, use some of that money they just got. <laughs> they just got that forty exactly. million dollar endowment. <laughs> well, exactly. But see, my thing is this: if we would learn to prepare early. For the future, That's correct. we wouldn't mm-hmm. have to That's be correct. bombarded with trying to prepare when, when the trouble comes. Absolutely. If we were going in correct. with our rain boots on before, you know, but that's the whole problem. Um, and then 
we 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 settle we we settle with just what we have. And I know for Russ, uh, he was talking about you know uh, recreation and athletics and choir and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> the acapella choir at Russ is the main source of funding for that yep. school. Sure is. That is the main source of funding for that school. So if these kids are sure not is. at school, guess what? There's no money coming in. And then they're going to eventually just fall off. Uh, the same way with Lane. Um, you know, so there is a lot that we have to we have to start preparing. And I pray that this COVID-19 has taught us how to prepare as a people for our educational system, for our homes, for our churches, our communities. Another thing, mm-hmm. I wish a lot of the churches I know after me moving back to Columbus, um, I've lived in Memphis for um, 21 years, and I moved back to Columbus um, to start a business. But my problem here in Columbus is you have all these massive churches, the at, you know, these large community churches, these large uh, community centers. Nobody has Internet to outsource to where these kids can actually come, sit down, have a meal, and do their homework. Wow. Mm, that's crazy. You have all of these. No you brainer. have all these family life centers. You have all right. of these community centers, mm-hmm. and you don't have a way to where you can say we're going to open our doors from eight to four. We'll we'll have four teachers here, or how many ever retired teachers? This gives our retired community something to do. Mm-hmm. You yep. open these doors, allow these kids to come in. You have your laptops, you have your, your tablets or whatever else. Take the funding from mess and put it to something that these kids can utilize. One thing, Keisha, like in the area, the area that I live in, our library, um, they have the Internet basically on all the time. If I see people just out there all the time of day, just even when the library is closed <laughs> right now because of COVID. And they leave the right. internet on. You can just drive up and the password is open. You can just use the internet anytime. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should be with Correct. our churches. It should be with our community centers, our libraries. It needs to be available to where you can just pull up in, in a large parking lot or whatever. And that mother that can't afford to have internet access at her home, she should be able to just pull up and say, hey, baby, we're going to go over here. We're going to do your homework, da, 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 da. And then go back. We need to be able to have yeah. areas where we can have print shops for those kids yep. or those, you know, where they can come and print off their work and mom can take it back mm-hmm. home and they can sit down together to do it. It is so much that, is, that we can do to benefit. That is, that is My thing is, I am great. I am, I'm, how, I'm burdened, but I'm grateful that I don't have small children because <laughs> me, my kids would not go back into the classroom. It's no way. Mm-mm. It's no way. Because I don't want to mm-hmm. jeopardize their health and their livelihood. And then I right. don't want to jeopardize nobody else's life and, and livelihood. So, therefore, my kid would be at home. And I would want right. the, all the resources that that school has, I would like to have those same resources so that I can elevate my child to the level that the school is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But I think exactly. we as a community would band together and keep our children at home and demand the resources for our kids at home, just as we're doing for equal rights and and policing and everything else, 
We need to do those. We need to still protest and do all of that same thing for the empowerment and betterment of our children at home. I agree. Keith. And that's my we take. We appreciate home. that. Mm, that's you, my it take. It was a great take. <laughs> now, for everybody that's listening on the phone today and online, you can always go back uh, to blogtalkradio.com forward slash the middleman and listen to these shows again. If you came in late uh, or you missed one of our previous shows, you can always go back and click on that link for that particular show and listen to it. Uh, we do appreciate everybody that called in today. Uh, John, Keisha, Darrell, um, Mike Ellis over there. Hey, old Mike Ellis over there listening right now. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Ellis, uh, JJ from Cotton Kings, everybody that's listening online and on the phone. We do appreciate each and every one of y'all. Nick, um, I will say this, Nick. I, I think that you know, our community, we are very sensitive when it comes to our children. And I think that, you know, we need to take every precaution that we can, especially with our children. Uh, a lot of our people have a lot of underlying health issues, even our children. So we need to be very cautious when we get these kids in school, if they do go back to school. Uh, we need to pull together as a community, like Keisha was saying, uh, and help make this a better experience because I don't think school is going to happen the way that we're traditionally used to. I don't think that's going to happen ever again. So I don't going to have to pull together, make this a new experience, make this something different, and, you know, make it where it works for us. I agree. I agree. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, I think school will change. The way we look at how we do school will change. Um, like Nick was talking about earlier, the amount of time that we actually spend at school all day possibly is going to change uh, because we really, you know, we really want to make sure that we're um, excelling with the times. Um, you know, I hate to use this as an example, but do you remember when, you know, our families and grandparents, like, were so confused about, you know, the video game system era, right? It was going to mess up my TV, right? It's the same thing. Like, we got to <laughs> yeah. accept change. We got to move towards something that's going to better us as a people. And, you know, for, you know, for some of our, you know, people who don't believe in the virtual context of actually teaching, think of all the video games that our kids are playing, right? They had to learn how to play that, right? They had to, like, their directions, their learning tools in those games as well, too. We can make it the same way. Pay those video games, mm -hmm. you know, creators to create, you know, games for school, educational games. Yeah. There's money for that. Yeah. Why not? Um, that's just Great a strategy. I'm not saying that, that 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 could be used for one thing, but that's just one strategy that we could use. Also, what Ms. Keisha was saying as well, like those strategies are great. Like we need to look into all of those things. We need to look into what's going to propel us and propel our children to the next level. Right. Exactly. I agree. That's right. Well, um, I'm going to pray for Nick. And I'm going to pray for Gene, and I'm going to pray for your future, Alan, uh, because eventually y'all going to have kids in school. You, Nick, you got kids in school. Gene, you got kids in school. I am done. Kevin Jr. is going to college. After he gets finished with college, it's a wrap. Okay. It's a wrap. Full study. Done. Good for you, Amito. man. Great for you. That's wonderful, Kevin. That's very wonderful. We really appreciate you rubbing that in, and that's just fine and dandy. I'm free. I'm finally free. Hey, listen, I want to say to everybody out there, look, 
uh, whether you believe the severity of this, whether you believe the, you know, the long-term ramifications of this or not, I can't make you do that. What I can say is at least when it comes to being out and socially distanced and wearing masks and things like that, even if you don't think it's going to affect you, think about the other people that are around you. <clears throat> if you're in a grocery store, you're mm-hmm. likely in a grocery store with some people that are older. You may have it and be asymptomatic. You may be around somebody who is yeah. elderly. You may be around someone who has uh, respiratory issues. You know, this is the time where we really have to show the humanity that we say that we have. Um, we really have to show that we care about our fellow man. So even if you don't feel like you're going to get it or it's a hoax or anything like that, just think about the next person. Just really think about right. the next person and, and just think, you know, hey, I did my – you can brag about it on, on social media if you'd like to. Hey, I did my my, my part today. Uh, I, I helped save someone's life because I wore a mask. Get one that's stylish. Get your your, your gun club or, or, or your fraternity or your sorority or your school or, or whatever the case may be. Make something mm-hmm. stylish out of it. I got like six masks, and all of them are different. Get your favorite football team. Make make a game of it, but just wear, right. wear your mask, please, and, and please try to help – those others and always and I say this every week I will continue to say it every week please support black media uh, this conversation is definitely not being had and, and amazingly enough this is a conversation that affects not only black America but America in a greater economy as a whole so uh, definitely mm-hmm. support black media because these conversations are not happening any other place um, always you know got to give a shout out to this week's uh I guess you want to call it podcast of the week, uh, besides the Middleman Talk Show, is uh, Democracy-ish by uh, Danielle Moody and Tere. It is on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and all other places where you can listen to podcasts. So we want to support and shout out as much black media as possible. Let's continue to drive the conversations and continue to speak to our narratives. Yes, sir. Uh, we did have a couple of clips we were going to play today, so we're going to just go ahead and post those up on our Facebook page. If you're not a member of the Middleman Talk Show Facebook page, I've sent y'all a lot of links. I sent y'all a lot of invites. So please go ahead and join. And shout out to our new 20 members that just recently joined. I think we're right at yes, 800. Sir. We're shooting for that 1,000. So y'all keep sending yes, out those sir. requests, adding people on to it, telling them, telling them about the show. Keep downloading the show, listening to the show. Uh, if you're on an iPhone, we're on iTunes. What is iPod? What is, what is it now? I something. Apple Podcast. I'm not an iPhone <laughs> user. Yeah, that, whatever it is. You're terrible. But uh, you can find us on that. Uh, you can find us on all media forms, platforms where uh, you can get a podcast. So uh, look for the Middleman Talk Show. If you can't, just do a Google search, and you'll see all of the uh, platforms that carry us. Um Oh, Lastly, yeah, uh, anybody else got anything they want to add about this show? I want to. We got a little spot that we're gonna play for one of our uh, supporters. That uh, we got him a little spot to uh, make sure people know what he's doing. Um, I did just want to say. I just did want to say really quickly. Uh, if you are in the Middleman Facebook. Uh, group and you are someone who is looking for broadband service. I did post a link in the Middleman Facebook talk show uh, Facebook group uh, to um, USAC, which actually houses the Lifeline program that can direct you to uh, what carriers actually have that broadband service available and uh, how and the process that you need to have in order to get it. So if you are needing that broadband service, please by all means go to the Middleman Facebook page and check that link. Oh, and also, if I may say this, too, 
if anyone has any mm-hmm. ideas, you know, I know or share what is happening that may be working in your community um, that's out there. Come to our um, Facebook page, share, you know, what your school district is doing or what you think would be a great idea for schools to do, and, and let's, you know, share with each other um, so we can take it back to our own community. That's what's up. That's that's real talk right there. And, uh, hey, we're always looking for new members. We're always looking for people that are – have, if you have any show ideas, you can hit us up at wearethemiddleman at gmail.com. Uh, if you got any show ideas or topics you would like for us to discuss, we are open mm-hmm. to those topics. So please shoot them over to us. We do check our emails daily. So hit us up. Uh, Shouts out to everybody that's listening once again. This is uh, my guy, Big Amp out of Tampa. This is Big Amp, the quarterback from Tampa, Florida. I'm just checking in with the Little Man Radio Show. Hey, I just want to talk to the people, talk to your listeners, man, let you know what I got going on. Make no mistake about it, I'm big out the quarterback, over 30 years experience in the music industry. I do management, I do marketing, I do branding with a special emphasis on small businesses. It's my job to help you get your brand and further your brand into the marketplace. Make no mistake about it, I'm a social media strategist. What I love about what I do is not only do I draw up the plan, but I stand next to you to help you implement it. And that's the difference between me and some of the other companies. I'm extremely hands-on, so I like to think of what I do as an incubator. If you know anything about a premature baby, they take the baby and they put the baby in ICU until they can do the things that's necessary to live on their own. So again, this is Big the Quarterback. Tampa, Florida. I appreciate y'all having me. Much, 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 much love. Shout out to my people down in Tampa, Florida, Big Amp, Big CJ, all those guys out there working. Uh, I think we're going to eventually bring our Thursday show back, Talk of the Town. We just got to see if Nick is uh, ready to re-up that contract for an ironclad seven-year deal. Uh, yeah. Dang, uh, I ain't quite seven years. You're likely to get yeah. Tuesday morning takeover out of me than, uh, than talking yeah, to you. Yeah. yeah, you saw yeah, that. That's like one of them bad boy deals, okay. man. We'll see. I know, right? Yeah. I, I have issues doing the show only because I'm not I'm not even a tenth involved in the music business as I once was. So uh, <laughs> uh, we'll have to see. I'll be terribly out of touch. I'll be talking about crap from the '90s. So uh, yeah, uh, might as well. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see about that. Boy, trash out here. Pure trash. All right. Well, uh, great show. Uh, once again, you are yeah, able to download this show. Uh, this show will yeah. be able, uh, you can download in the next five minutes after we uh, close it out. Uh, share it with a friend. Let them know, hey, the Middleman Talk Show is where you need to be on Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. Um, and if you're out on the West Coast like Smitty, it's early. So <laughs> <laughs> tune in every Sunday. We want to make sure you guys are here. Hey, I'm going to leave it over your ass. Say your favorite Great show, man. Hey, man, I just want to tell everybody, thank you for taking an hour, but today, an hour and a half, out your day to listen to the Middleman Radio. We really appreciate y'all. Hey, check us out next Sunday, same time.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.